I haven't even hit record. There you go. All of that was just for oh, the all Facebook. Of all of that was Facebook Live. Oh, wow. And now that I've hit record, people are wondering, why are they talking about the Little River Band? Yeah, well, they let's were, reenact it. <laughs> it's right. Little River Band <laughs> playing at the Peterborough Music Festival. Uh, I made the point very, uh, they're a vocal band. You yeah. played reminiscing. Uh, uh, I asked you guys if uh, you could name the lead singer. You could not. It was fascinating. Who, compelling. Dan, did you look up the name of the lead singer for the Little River Band? This is uh, would be, you know, that would be compelling. Put it now. By the way, it's a good uh, thing I looked over. Yeah. It's a good thing I looked over because that whole we could have just gone the entire show and it would have just been a Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. Got to get that on the, the checklist. Well, I haven't hit record in a week. I know. The reason I asked you guys, did you know the uh, lead singer? Because at uh, the Peterborough Festival, we also made the point, like, you know, these bands, they keep the brand, but they there's moving parts because some of these guys literally die off. They've been around so long. And I said, you know, could you name the lead singer? Because if you couldn't, you could go to Peterborough Festival and really not skip a beat. You know, it's not like you're standing there going, hey, that's not Hank Bauer. Or whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, Hank Bauer. That's who I am. That's who it is. <laughs> what? Hey, man. That's not Hank Bauer. That's I'm not, not watching this. Do I know the original guy. That's not it. Hank yeah. Bauer. Well, that just came to mind. Dan, do we have a name yet? Uh, no, it's all messy because it's exactly what Fred said. There's you know yeah. guys in and out of that band. So well, Sherlock, can't you just Google one of the guys? Can't you just Google Little River Band original lead singer? Do I have to do that while I'm also producing this program? I could do yeah, it too. Jen Sherlock and then Wayne Nelson and Steve Wade. Does that help you? No. Did, no, you, no, say, did you say where's Wayne Hank? Newton? <laughs> There's not. Where's Hank Bauer and all of that? <laughs> We missed Hank. Did, is Hank? There's people at the Peterborough Music Fest with signs going, we miss Hank. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Where's they're Hank? Chanting, or they're chanting, bullshit. 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 <laughs> this is bullshit. We, we miss uh, Hank Bauer. Uh, All although right. I must say, in that setting, that park, by the water on a beautiful summer's evening, that'd be a cool man to see. It would be. Yeah. Would uh, does Lisa, does girlfriend Lisa have any other bands to report from uh, Music Fest in Peterborough? Uh, no, that was the one. Okay. Uh, you know what? Yeah. The, Han- the Hank Bauer experience. <laughs> That's right. They've changed the name. <laughs> the original singer's got his own, his own band now. Yeah. No, it's Hank Bauer and Friends. <laughs> yeah. I think Washboard Hank is coming up on one of Oh, right. Yeah, that guy. I forgot about that guy, Howard. He's a guy that goes around Peterborough playing the bars sometimes and literally plays a washboard. I saw him once. Yeah. It's surreal, actually, when you... Wait a second. His name is Washboard Hank, and he does a... Does he do a tribute to Little River Band? (laughs) (laughs) He literally (laughs) plays a washboard. Yeah, that's great. Lisa knows him, too. Sure she does. Well, who doesn't? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. Did she ever get to know $5 Steve, too? I don't know. She probably she knows everybody in the music scene there. She's you know, she's a musician. I'm sorry. I know. I know the audience is like, hey, after a week off, can we do a retrospective of the Little River Band and un, and and little known musicians from Peterborough? But I'll tell you, this was cutting edge, Howard. This is like 15 years ago, I guess. Pretty much, yeah. His name was $5 Steve, and he drove this old Toyota, and one of the side windows was missing. He had plastic on it, and if you had his number, he would drive you anywhere in Peterborough for $5. Like, he he was ahead of Uber, okay? 
cutting edge. That's, cutting that really is a great edge, idea. Peterborough. Yeah. He was ahead of Uber, and you could call this guy. It didn't matter where you want to go in Peterborough. He'd drive you there five for dollars. five bucks. And his name was Five Dollar Steve. So can, when he when Uber began, he was like, "Come on, you guys, <laughs> yeah, that's my protesting. idea." <laughs> that's right. He was protesting at Music Fest along with all the Hank Bauer fans. Dan, I uh, also why what? Huh? Well, I think we should start the show. Uh, is what? Uh, what? Oh, just, we have okay. no. We haven't done the theme and the sponsors. Remember that whole thing we were going to do? Oh yeah, all that, right. I'm sorry, okay, Dan. Please, but that. before we do that, what were you going to say? As the sun oh, I was just streams in, in also when we were away, Randy Meisner of the Eagles passed away. Another the band of the ilk we were talking about. Yes, he did. Yeah, you know, take it to the limit, all that. Yeah. But I, maybe you know could have saved that for for news, but that is good. Uh, yeah, the, there's a whole uh, you know what a lot of things happened while we were away. That's true. Yeah. Uh, for instance, we uh, your continued uh, work in Stratford at Bruno Jerusi's son's house. <laughs> Dan, by the way, I sent you. I email, emailed you a story. I don't know if you'd be interested mm-hmm. in it. Well, all right. Well, thank you, uh, Cub Reporter. Dan's uh, gathering uh, the news even as we speak. Um, you know, it's it's dreary where we are here in Brampton and Toronto, but it, the uh, the sun is shining down on your angelic face. So let's begin yes. okay. as we start another program. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with a pool, and from a porch in Stratford. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, Architect Outdoor Living, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. And now here are two men who spent their summer vacation complaining about what hurts, pointing out the stupid people, and worrying about the weather. Yes, we know there's always a storm a coming. It's the delightful Humble and Fred. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Uh, now it feels like we began the show because yeah. all that preamble, that's not a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's ease into it. Uh, Larry Fedorik's going to hang out with us a little bit today. Uh, just uh, about half hours from now, Dan Duran will do the news. Don't go away yet, Dan. It's not. Oh, okay. All right. That's usually my cue. I know. I know. See, I didn't want to give you a false yeah. cue. Yeah. False cues. And, uh, of course, we'll catch you all up with all the goings on around the world of uh, Humble and Fred and beyond. Yeah, it's uh, a lot has happened, as you said, between uh, this and our, I believe our last show, according to my paper here, was July 20th or something, or 23rd or really? whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, lots of uh, lots has gone on, and uh, I know the people were like, hey, what's going on with Humble and Fred? And then they tune in, and it's like, hey, they're into the Little River Band. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was kind of hoping for an update about this or that or Trump or this or that, but it's not. It's apparently, they're, uh, they've turned their podcast into an LRB tribute podcast. <laughs> Are we going to talk about any of the stuff that you've done recently, Howard? Uh, what do you mean, Dan? Like, what, what kind well, of things are you talking well, about? Well, uh, you, you made some accomplishments on the golf course. I know that. Uh, you know, golf is golf. Into I played a big tournament, didn't you? I did, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I play a lot of golf, but I didn't play much over the last uh, 10 days. Well, last couple of days I did, but uh, no, I uh, no, it's not about golf. What else? Let's see what else is going on. Mm. Mm. Someone came to town to visit you. You know, we don't want to talk about that. That's not what people are interested in, Dan. They're, what? They're more what interested. In, what? what are you talking about? <laughs> people are interested a build up, in that. Uh, there was a lead yeah. up to that. Yeah. Was, we well, set what, the what, stage for that. And now you, yeah, I, I know you're kidding. Of course. I'm trying to do a little, this kind of a reverse bit. Maybe you're familiar bit? Okay, with right. the reverse you, bit. You, you desperately want to talk about it. I wouldn't say we desperately. I could, go well, the, I could go the whole show and not talk about it. Why don't, what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about Julieta. But, but no, listen, if you, think, if you think it would be too much for the listeners, then I think we should just uh, leave it alone, make it private. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about uh, Trump. People love that. People, people love it when we do nothing but 90 minutes on Trump. I know. It's anyway. I, uh, that exhausts me. It's like all that talk about him and what's going on in the thing. And the bottom line is the guy is now a convicted rapist. And that gets like lost in no, the shuffle. Yeah. Did you see that? It's like I, people still people still sort of supporting him and saying, oh, I support Donald Trump or defending him through these law cases. And you feel like, you know, if you could tap them on the shoulder and go, this uh, convicted rapist thing. So that uh, that's cool. That with you. you guys are cool with that. That doesn't bother you. Um, I, I would like to say, are you cool with that? And what about Jesus? Is he cool with that, too? <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, did you see that thing? Anyway. I, I sent you something and I want you, you didn't have time before the show but i want you to look at it later and i you see the note you, you, my note got lost in what i sent you all i said was this is why trump can get elected in america and uh it's a guy's podcast that i actually watched for about 10 minutes this morning but uh have a look at it um yeah, it's the world the world's gone crazy it's like listen i was never a big fan of joe rogan i always thought he was a bit of a dope but um just listening to him. Yeah, oh yeah. Again, Darren sent me a thing. What was it again? Joe Rogan, uh, smart guy for dumb people. Yeah. And I thought, that fucking nails it. Oh, so, yeah. Really? Because he says, and now he's talking about Tucker Carlson should be president. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw that part. Yeah. He thinks Tucker like, should be president in 2028. There, there's a fucking guy that has a level of intelligence that is sat behind that microphone and somehow through many... You know, turns of events or whatever has catapulted himself into this position where he's now a spokesman, but now he's ex- he's exposing his fucking intelligence. It's like what? Anyway, and remember, remember, Julieta, no, Julieta. but remember, remember, remember where I, I was thinking about this. Where Joe Rogan yeah. began. He's yeah. by the way, I like Joe Rogan as a stand-up. He's really good, like yeah. exceptional. But it all began with this dopey show, Fear Factor. And now yeah. somehow he's become the voice of the, yeah. you know, of not just his generation, but a, a right wing sort of younger audience. It's quite uh, it's quite the turnaround. Bill All Cosby right. was a really good stand up, too. Yeah. No, he was. Probably still is. Uh, OK, so uh, we left and uh, on the build up before we left uh, this woman that I'd only met. I, I, we were thinking about it. I think four times. On four occasions, I went on a date with this woman. On our fifth date, I picked her up at Pearson Airport. Like, that was the fifth time I'd ever seen her in person. And uh, I will just say the top line, the, the headline was the visit couldn't have gone better. Up to and including uh, all the things we did with you guys and the fact that 
It was, she was supposed to only be here for seven days. It turned out to be nine days because she couldn't get a she couldn't get on a flight. She was on standby for Aero Mexico and four different times. We went to Pearson. I'll talk about that after if you want. But uh, no, the the visit was great. It was just uh, from beginning to end, just a really really sweet time. You made the point you'd only seen her five times. Like that's sort of like a big deal. Like. It would be normally, but remember that that's not a show record for the Humble and Fred show. Just remember, Phil got married after having no. That is true. Seen. <laughs> that's true. He got married yeah. after only seeing uh, Pearl, I think, twice. Yes, so, that's, that's right. right. As <laughs> that great is as that that five time story is, right? It's, still it's not Phil. It's Fred not Phil Lever. No, you're right. You're right. Mm. Yeah. These are uh, but these are modern times. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it was either the fourth or fifth date. That we had on the night I picked her up mm-hmm. and uh, somebody I was telling somebody I can't remember of all the things we did and they said yeah it sounds like a romantic movie like a rom-com mm. montage you know we did Toronto we went to the lake we went Niagara Falls we did the Peterborough locks by the way I don't know have you two done the Peterborough locks I never because <laughs> I have yeah have you done it, Dan? Wait, did you? Did, I, have you gone? You went through them. You mean or just no, sir? Them? The Peterborough locks, the yeah, the, lift su- lock. the lift locked, the big yeah. super lock there. Yeah. Have you done that? Mechanical wonder of the world. Yeah. It' unbelievable. And we just happened to get there when there were boats uh, being elevated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's what it is. It's just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, you know, I don't know much about how it works, but I can tell you watching it happen was pretty impressive. You realize that there's no electricity involved in that, eh? I did not realize that, Dan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just what, they, the, the, the weight of the... Yeah, hydro pressure and all, you know, valves wow. and things, Yeah. Even the regular locks, eh? The only hydro involved are to open the doors. Right. Uh, it's water displacement is how it all works but when you see it, it it's it's so odd how big it is and these boats just rise up into the air mm-hmm. uh, it was quite something and uh she, we were both impressed but she took the brochure home back to mexico <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah she was made she wanted to make sure she had the brochure because she was it was just it was so great and but yeah the the whole visit was like a rom-com uh montage of just dinners and hanging out here and meeting you guys and we had a great well, time i heard her delise really really liked her um and again the communication was a lot better than we anticipated although as you said you know sometimes we talk too fast and all the time yeah she, yeah yeah but generally it was pretty good and she was having a conversation with Delise, talking about the lake and how peaceful it was for her. And um, she just loved that environment and how calming it was. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, someone asked me yesterday about the communication and, and about the language. I said, well, one-on-one, she's great. And when the two of us were talking to you and Delise, she could follow the conversation. But I promise you, the, the times in the afternoon when everyone was there and when Darren was there and everyone was talking and at dinner, like she just gets it just gets lost. And, you know, Dan was being very sweet and trying to explain to her. And I was going to tell you, Dan, I kind of I, I could hear you talking to her while we were having like snacks in the afternoon. Snacks is, a, by the way, that's another thing. <laughs> Delise, Delise goes in at some point and starts to prepare what I thought was going to be like, you know, chips and dip. You know, um, 
like a couple little things, you know, whatever they call it, crudite, some vegetables. And she comes out with like a five course, you know, tasting menu. <laughs> it was, you know, it was, that's the way she rolls. I know. Howard, that's the way yeah. she rolls. It was so great. <clears throat> You know, at one point I was down at the dock and I looked up and you were barbecuing something. I'm like, I don't think we're just having chips and dip. No. So uh-huh. Dan is sitting next to Juliet and uh, there's a conversation going on aside. And Dan is very patiently explaining to Juliet what's being said. But I promise you, <laughs> Juliet, I, just, I know her now. I, she didn't catch a lot of it. She just was kind of oh, nodding. Right. She was kind of nodding yeah. at you. And the reason I, I know that is because... Like when I when we would have conversations, we had like long conversations, but periodically you have to check in and ask, do you understand that? Because there's lots, you know, our language is, you know, like any language, there's lots that she wasn't getting. Right. And I said to Fred Dan that anytime I really wanted to make a, a, kind of a significant, any kind of real point that beyond my stupid rudimentary Spanish, I would go to Google Translate and say, okay, and I would write it out, and I'd show it to her in Spanish. She'd go, oh, yeah, I get that. But in English, she didn't get it. But it wasn't a, it wasn't a barrier to us. I had, a, honestly, lo- lots of conversations and lots of laughs and mm-hmm. had a great time with her. And, uh, yeah, it was really fun. It was, And it ended up being longer than, you know, she was supposed to be here for sort of like six days, seven nights, whatever. But it was great. And it was fun having she, her around. Did she understand the universal language? <laughs> What language is that? Well, again, I have to talk about this because, you know, in the lead up to this, you, you know, told the story of preparing the spare room. Oh, yeah. Just in case to be a gentleman. So, again, you can't leave. There can't be a cliffhanger here. It's got to be a resolution. Well, I'll tell you, my kids called me up a couple of days after she was here. Juliet was here and the Spencer and Charlie are spending uh, some time together in Brooklyn. And, uh. I could hear Charlie's on the speakerphone and Spencer's in the background giggling. And they said, uh, so how's it going? I said, it's going great, man. I said, better than I could have imagined. We're getting along great. And then somebody, I can't remember which one it was, yelled, uh, is there anyone using the spare room? <laughs> I said, no, just stand. <laughs> just stand when it's sunny. Well, there we go. There we go. There's yeah. the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was great. All of it was great. So... I sent you a text, how's it going? And you said, great, couldn't be better. And then I was going to come back with a smart-ass thing. Oh, she doesn't want to go home yet. And it was funny because I actually texted it and I was going to send it. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Oh, because I'm, I'm gonna, yeah. Just only because it's like, you know, you, you know, you, the smart-ass stuff is funny and everything. And I thought, no, your response, it couldn't go better. I'm not going to come back with some fucking acid thing. <laughs> <laughs> So I just let it roll. See, this is... I'm really trying to... Fred's trying, trying hard, is what he's saying. I am. I'm trying hard, because sometimes... No, it's not easy for us. Day. I know, I know. I know. You're the same way. And day oh, yeah. to day, I like to come back with a smart-ass remark, and sometimes it gets you in trouble. So it's like, okay, I'm going to try and... Well, you know, it, was it... Suppress that. So, yeah, you suppressed it, but Darren, our friend... No, no. <laughs> Here we go. It was unbelievable what he sent me. Yeah. Basically, he sent me an, and he'd gone to Google Translate and, and did it all in Spanish. And I and I read it to her and she laughed her head off. Mm. Uh, but basically, I can't find it. But basically, he said in Spanish, is she screaming, let me out. My God, what have I done? How can I get out of here? How do I get out of all that? 
um, and she thought it was funny. Um, no, you know, it, it was uh, when you, a bunch of people, you, uh, Darren, a bunch of people were like, hey, how's it going? Because it was a little bit awkward. I mean, it could have, I mean, potentially could have been awkward. The funny thing is it wasn't, you know, we, mm-hmm. I, I picked her up at 12 o'clock, 1230 Friday night at Pearson. And uh, it just seemed great. You know, I, I uh, hadn't seen her in five and a half months. I'd only seen her four or five times. And, uh, you know, by the end of the weekend, it was like, uh, it was just, wow, we're very comfortable with each other. And, you know, she's obviously, uh, you know, she's very beautiful. So that was fun. You know, she's fun to look at. Well, yeah, you know, we we all have our types. and uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, it's true. I know. Because, and I don't even want to say an older but I would. Yeah. You have to. She, you know, uh, lady friend that we talked about in the early parts of the show. Um, it was funny. She was like a more mature or older lady friend. Oh, yeah. And uh, even with Dan, um, Dan's current love, um, sometimes I see her on the end of the dock and you sometimes I think I, I have as a second look. It sort of reminds me of another woman he used to be involved with. And uh, we all have our types, you know. Well, you know, it's funny you say that. Interesting, funny, curious. Uh, because, yeah, funny, yeah. Yeah, yeah because, because I uh, obviously attracted to that type. But until she was in my house, because mm-hmm. I again I saw her a couple times in Mexico, and it was a long time ago. And and the picture, I'm not sure if I sent it to you guys, but there's a picture I took of her because she'd made me dinner. She used to have a Mexican restaurant in, in Italy, and she made. She said, oh, I'm going to make you, I want to make you something, you know, we used to serve in our restaurant. And she said, she's going to make me fajitas. And I thought, oh, you know, I've had fajitas before, you know. I've been to Kelsey's. I've been to Kelsey's. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I've had, I've had milestones fajitas, but I, I, I'm going to tell you, boys, it was different. It was a completely different flavor. So I took. Why? Just this thing. Here's why. You know, the way your mother-in-law makes curry versus, you know, you go to a. Right. Good point. A Kelsey's version of, cur- of Curry's. Nothing. Right, there's anything wrong right. with Kelsey's. Mm-hmm. We love Kelsey's, but there's a different f- there's a different vibe to it. So I, I wanted to take a picture of it, and I don't know why. And then she just looked beautiful that night. And then I looked at the picture, and it looked so much. It was a bit startling. A lot like Lady Friend, the younger version. And I will tell you, not to be indelicate, but there were several times in the nighttime parts where I was like. A bit. It was a bit in you know when it's darker. It's like wow, she really looks like her. The silhouette. <laughs> every time, every, every time she turned the light on, you went, "Oh, why do you turn that light up?" No, she wanted to turn the light off because of me. She's like, "Yeah, I got umba." No, it was great. You're, you're quite the man in the dark. Uh, Your but Spanish yeah. must have improved during that time. Um, well, it was it was great speaking Spanish for nine straight days. I mean, I found like I. Listen, I don't speak it very well, but I speak it well enough that I could fill in conversational blanks with the two of us, but also with you guys. You know, like when we first got there, I could sort of say, like, I know I know a lot of phrases and I know a lot, I know a lot of words. And so it was just enough for her to understand. I will say this, her her accent in English, the way she speaks English is not how she speaks in Spanish. And, and, and it's, it's what I finally figured out what it is when I, she's made fun of me 
in a sweet way because I speak Spanish so slowly. And it makes sense because I'm trying to think of what to say while I'm saying it. And that's how she speaks English. So mm-hmm. that's why I said to, I had her speak Spanish to Fred and Delise. I said, speak it because her, her Spanish voice is completely different than her English voice, much like my Spanish voice is different than my English voice. Anyway, but uh, I, I knew enough, Dan, to have bits of conversations with her all the time in Spanish. You know. That's that's great. You've done very well with learning how, because I know that you, you've uh, been you know training yourself every day, the, uh, every goddamn day, every day. You're doing that. You know? By the <laughs> way, I just, to to go back to uh, original thing when, you, when she said she stayed longer. Yes, she used to be an airline person, so she was flying yes. standby. She was. It wasn't that the airline because you mentioned Air no, Mexico, no. I think, or yeah. it wasn't them. It was no. Nope. She was just waiting for a free seat. So yeah, which she thought would be no problem, but then this is the busiest time of the year to fly. Period. And I guess for uh, there's only two flights a day to Mexico City. So she was supposed to go back on August 4th. So I took her to the airport. We had a you know kiss goodbye, and it was great. And, and then I get a note. We, we knew there was a chance, but we thought a pretty small chance. <clears throat> so uh, that flight, she didn't get on Friday morning. Took her back Friday night for a 1 o'clock in the morning flight. Didn't get back on that. She came back to my house, spent all day Saturday, and we went back. It was four different flights. She finally got on at 1 o'clock Sunday morning a couple days ago. And what airline was it? Aeromexico? Aeromexico, yeah. Oh, and they have two flights a day? Air yep. Canada has more, though. Do they not? Yeah, but she was getting on this flight for, you know, with oh, one no, of the no, airlines. Oh, no, 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 I understand passes. that. I'm just, you said two flights because I know um, from my past experience, Air Canada has a lot of flights there. Um, to Mexico City? Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's a lot of goodbyes, eh? That's yeah, it was good. Was. There was a lot of goodbyes. It was fun. So you're going back there in November for five weeks? Yeah. And do you know when you're going back in the winter? I don't. I don't, but I uh, definitely had a great time, and it was uh, fun. It was it was kind of fun having a... Here's a weird thing. I uh, I lost a little weight. And the reason I did is because I wasn't, I was eating with somebody. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I was having somebody to have meals with as opposed to just, you know, eating by myself and then watching, you know, hitting, watching television and eating popcorn in, in freezies all night. Right. They don't have uh, sugar-free freezies? They should. Fuck, I love freezies. Really? You do, eh? I do. Wow. Wow. I know. It's a, it's a holdover from my being stoned all the time days. I just like it. Um, anyways, uh, any other questions? Uh, she enjoyed, she thought you guys here, I, I know this isn't the word she, the word she used meeting you guys is not really, I don't think the word she meant, but she thought it was very, she thought all my friends were cute. <laughs> I said, oh, that's very nice. She thought you guys were great. And, uh, she really loved going out to the lake. She, as you said, she loved the, just loves it. She loved the, the natural mm-hmm. world. And, you know, you know, someone asked, would you take her to Toronto? I said, yeah, we went downtown a couple times, but she grew up in Mexico city. Buildings aren't going to impress her, but what no. did impress her was the, was Peterborough, the lakes and, uh, and we had a pretty, you know, we went to Niagara on the lake, had lunch there, and went to Niagara Falls, did the mist ride, which was funny. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It goes right under the falls? It goes right up to the falls. And you get yeah, soaked, basically. I've never basically. done that. Yeah, yeah, you should. It's fun. You know, we'd love it. It's your grandkids. Yeah, maybe, yeah. That's a point. No, and and it's uh, you. I, there's the Maid of the Mist, which is the U.S. side, which sucks. But the Niagara City Cruise, which oh. is a Canadian side, is like thirty bucks a person. It's pretty good. Maid of the Mist is American, isn't yes, it? Yes, sir. Oh, wow. 
Didn't know that. Yeah, you got to cross the border. And, you know, who, who wants to? Yeah, I know. Just another example of the greatest country on earth. All the border cities across Canada, the United States, you go to the U.S. side and it looks like Beirut. Oh, yeah. And then, like, even Niagara Falls, Ontario, and Canada, and like, well, go right across the country. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, the greatest country in the world that's in love with a convicted rapist. Yeah, great. Super. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Way to bring it back, yeah. Mm-hmm. Way to yeah. bring it back full circle. Uh, so that's, I mean, I, I, if I think of some other stuff, uh, yeah, it was great. It was fun. It was Spanish. It was, uh, and uh, you know, she's beautiful and she's funny and fun yeah. and, you know, it's just, that, uh, uh, like, what if you fall hopelessly in love and want to actually marry her? This is going to create complications. Well, that's a great question if this were a romantic comedy, but I'm not getting married to anybody. Oh, Ever okay. again? Well, if you've of listened, if you've if you've been what, through what Dad and I have been through, you wouldn't ask that question. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know what? That's a very dated statement. What if you're in a relationship? Of course, not officially married, but you need to be near this woman hmm. more than a few weeks a year. That's all. Uh, well, we'll see. But it's possible. Yeah. You know, air travel back and forth and. You know, and she's a teacher. Maybe could she? Maybe she can help you get your grade eleven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be great? I'd finally, I'd finally graduate high school, but in Spanish. <laughs> That's very funny. All right, well there you go. Unless you guys have any uh, no. any other questions, uh, Dan Duran, uh, we will uh, look forward to your participation. Dan, we have a a, a client uh, driven um, interview. At 10 till the hour. So why don't you pop in right after Larry and do your okay. news. And if you don't want to stick around, just send me the extra, okay? All right. That's so, good. yeah, Larry will be done around uh, like 35-ish, 30, whatever, that, that time. And then pop in, do the news, and then send me uh, what, you, what you need to do to finish the show. Oh, we better get digging then. Okay. Dig it up. Okay. All right. By the way, you said that Delise really liked her. When I and I was being not, I was being complimentary, obviously, but and not quite facetious. You thought I was when I said she's like Mexican doll. Just has right. that kind of vibe about her, you know. She's just very sort of tranquil and very calm, and very dainty. Yeah, very dainty and uh, just sort of, you know, like and funny. Like she's funny. It's hard. It's too bad because she was. She made me laugh because she again would make fun of the how slowly I speak in Spanish. But uh, she's got kind of a, a, a doll vibe about her, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sort of a quiet sweetness yep. and yeah. No, she thought Delisa. No, was I quiet. get it. Yeah, when you said Mexican doll, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's, uh, it, I, I will say this: like, I really liked having somebody around. Uh, like again, I went. You went from really only going out for dinner with her to having her live with me for nine mm-hmm. days, and it was great. Um, let's uh, do a little work here, my friend, because uh, we got a lot of people that are supporting us. Yes, like the retirement Sherpa. Yeah, like him. Uh, Tim is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. He'll be by tomorrow. He's going to touch on. Um, well, let me see. Stochastic versus linear projections. Would that be the word? Stochastic? 
Anyway, we're going to find out tomorrow. We're going to find out what they are, okay? Something called the Monte Carlo Simulation, and uh, on and on and on. You know, again, I'm teasing you with this. It Mm. sounds very fascinating, and the Sherpa will be by tomorrow to talk about such things. The Retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblett, retirementsherpa.ca. And, of course, uh, among the many people that uh, we are... uh, grateful for AaronVentures.com Boron1 is the uh, ticker symbol an emerging international junior mining and exploration company engaged in the acquisition exploration and development of resource properties they're trying to get Boron out of the ground and when they do it can be great for you the company's objective is to increase its mineral reserves that's Boron by developing projects uh, and the acquisition of additional mining uh, concerns and if you're interested, we hope you check them out at AaronVentures.com. So here's a little tie-in before I... I know Larry might talk about this. What were you putting your hand up there? No, I, again, there was something um, during our relationship um, uh, conversation I was going to bring up as well, too. So you go ahead. No, I, well, I was going to bring up a movie that she and I went to, but you go ahead and... Uh, no, it's been announced that the uh, Prime Minister yes. and his wife Sophie are separating um, yeah. after eight, 18 years of marriage. And uh, again, that's, uh, you know, it's a sign of the times. It's like, you know, you go back 25, 30 years and the Prime Minister of the country divorcing his wife or separating from his wife is a lot bigger news than it is nowadays. It's oh, yeah, for sure. Well, watch how yeah. this gets tied in. Mm-hmm. So Juliet and I went to see the Barbie movie, which was oh, okay. excellent. Really? It's an excellent... It's not... Here's the thing. It's not uh-huh. what you think it is. Okay. It's an excellent movie. Um, I, it's, the, the woman that directed and wrote it is a pretty, a pretty current... I can't remember her name. Greta something. It doesn't matter. It's, but very current sort of one of the cool directors of our time. Mm-hmm. And the movie is excellent from beginning to end. And she and I loved it. And it's got funny moments in it. It's it's interesting. Will Ferrell's in it. Ryan Gosling's great in it. Uh, what's her face? Margot Robbie is a is beautiful. And it's not what you think it's going to be. And that's why it's just crossed one billion dollars worldwide. Wow. Four hundred and sixty million. I'm tying it in. By the way, I'm getting to the prime minister. Four hundred and sixty million in the U.S. and Canada alone. One billion dollars. This movie's got so. And again, I don't know what you thought or what I would have thought the movie was going to be for kids or whatever, but it's not. And that's why Hmm. it's got such universal appeal. It's actually it's a very adult movie. Yeah, and I, I get that because kids don't really play with Barbies anymore. Like my granddaughter, not like they used to. So right. I, it, it, it's for those who can relate to the. It, the it is well. That's yeah. sort of the the that's sort yeah. of the foundation of the premise. But mm-hmm. but the re, the reality of the movie, not to get too esoteric, it's really a a, a comment on on our on our times about society and the the fact with the role of women in society. It's really a. Again, at some point, it's going to appear in a, in a place you can watch it. You should watch right. it. So our prime minister, who you mentioned, is, uh, and I wrote that down. We should talk about his separation. Goes to the movie with his son. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that people do to go to this movie is they get dressed up in pink, like Barbie. Right. It, it's kind of thematic. Now, I didn't know this. 
because when I went to it, until I went to it, there was a bunch of kids wearing pink shirts and pink some. And I was kind of like, oh, and then I went on and Googled it. It's kind of a thing. And then you see the picture of the prime minister going to the movie in a pink hoodie with his son, who's also wearing, you know, some kind of pink uh, T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Do you know where this is heading? The backlash from him wearing pink and come in the, the, the vile things that are said about him. I don't care if you don't like his policies, mm-hmm. but it really is. It really is something you should, you know, I know you're not on social media, but you should explore it. It's pretty vile. Well, no, I saw enough yesterday. It's been sprouting up now that um, the reason he's separating mm. from Sophie is because he's going to come out. Yes. Oh, I mean, I, oh and, and by the way, so is his son. That's a lot I'm of sorry? Uh, so uh, according to the They're internet saying that about his son absolutely well? about his son oh, too okay. yeah no I, I, I again I'm not surprised that's the world we live in now it's just nasty 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 especially when it comes to social media so yeah I mean you know there's people poised on the other side just waiting for something like that it's like oh the guy's struggling uh, in his relationship he's separating from his wife we can't let it go at that let's uh you know let's start flinging the shit Oh, yeah. That's the way it is. Yeah, I feel for the guy. Again, I'm not big on him, but that's it's a private thing. And, you know, I have good friends, you included, have gone through this stuff. It's not, you know, you turn it into that. Now, he, you know, it's just in any day now, he's going to come out. <laughs> so I know. He's been a homosexual for, you know, all his life. And, and the fact that it's, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just... <laughs> I've never understood the the the, the idea of a color mm-hmm. making you gay. Like a couple mm-hmm. years ago, I had a sponsor on the golf show uh, Adidas, and right. they had you know they're very nice. They gave us a bunch of golf shirts, and uh, you know they picked them out. And one of the ones I got was kind of a I don't know what you call it. It's a fluorescent type of look, but it's 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 sort of. I guess it's, you know, it's a ready pink shirt. Sure. And I like it. Um, I see other people wearing this type of thing. And uh, somebody said this to me. It's like, oh, well, you know, only you could pull that off. I'm like, pull what off? Mm-hmm. Wearing a pink shirt? So the fact that he was wearing a pink hoodie at a movie where everyone is dressed in pink has set this world on fire. And that's mm-hmm. what's wrong with the with being listen i don't like the guy much myself i mean i don't really care for his policies but it's uh, it is pr- pretty funny to me and there he is with his kid yeah and it's like well it's almost exhausting yeah it, it really is because nothing can be what it is anymore you know it just can't be and it's like so now there's going to be a bunch of listen i who knows i what if he is gay? Super. Fine. You know, I feel sorry for the guy. He lived a life for 18 years. A lot of men have gone through that. But again, that's even besides the point, because probably not. But who cares? You know what I mean? Like who? Like, why does that have to be not only a thing, but a nasty thing? Why? Well, we'll find out from Larry Fedorik. He's uh, mm. he's joining us now. El Fed. Now, here he comes. When I wake up in my own pink world. I, 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 I will say that. I was going to say, when you get a chance to see this, I want you to remember, remember, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, you'll be surprised by it. You'll be surprised by how much you like this movie. Just 
I know, remember there was a movie a few years ago It was sort of a musical And I think, what's this said, the Canadian kid was in it as well Oh, uh, La La, uh, LA, La La Land Yeah And I thought, I'm not going to like this And I love that movie yeah. You know? Um, Larry Fedoric, uh, all we, uh, always love having him on the show We're just going to make sure his mics, everything is working He's mm. Good morning can't. Oh, there you are Hey um, Larry's the uh, host of Later That Same Life. I'll give you a, a proper introduction in a second. I'm not sure if you heard us talking about the Justin Trudeau wearing a pink hoodie and yeah. the Barbie movie. Have you seen the Barbie movie? I've not seen the Barbie movie. I saw the photo uh, a lot over the last uh, 12, 15 hours. Yeah. Uh, just uh, before we get to Trudeau, though, I, I was just saying to Fred, I saw it on the weekend with uh, my lady friend, uh, Senora from Mexico, and it's mm-hmm. it's not what you think it is. And there's a reason that it just crossed a billion dollars around the planet. Because if it was just a kids, if it was just a kid movie or a girl movie, it wouldn't do that kind of numbers. And and it's not that. It's not what you think it is. Um, but I didn't know. Yeah, about so it's go ahead. My understanding is it's a movie intend uh, intending to groom young people into playing with dolls, including boys. And, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I've, I've heard that is. take though. I've heard. Yeah, it's that a groomer take. movie. You have. Yeah, yeah. Of course <laughs> you have. Uh, but I and, and I know that I've seen it, Fred. There's a, the woman who directed it is become pretty famous. The last few, I can't remember her name, but it's again, it's a great movie. It's got a little bit of singing and dancing, which is fine, but it's got so much to it. So I go to the movie. I didn't know anything about this pink stuff, Larry. This is what I'm getting to. I see we're we're at the movie and I see a bunch of kids wearing pink this and that. And I go back and I look it up. And of course, there's the picture of the prime minister. So what's your take on that? On on the the picture or the movie? No, on on the fact that people are losing their minds that he's wearing a pink hoodie. Yeah, I, 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 I heard your run up uh, as part of this, and I'm basically with you on this because it's it, it, it is how you relate, uh, as you said, a color. It's it, I, I mean, it's part of it. It's it's like when you dress up to go to see Greece or any of these movies where you go and sing along and dress as a character. And yes, and, and all of that. Barbie's become one of those movies unwittingly. Uh, I don't think anybody really promoted that make sure and wear pink it was just something that picked up on social and grew organically and uh and you know kudos to again whatever you think of him as a prime minister or or his politics kudos to him for kind of being part of it you know doing that as a as a dad with his kid to go to a movie and wear pink where people were wearing pink yeah that's it period to me i don't know i i i don't see anything beyond that and it, it's interesting because the the separation if i could for a second when i was filling in on um on a radio show talk show a couple of weeks ago uh there was an article in the globe and mail about how it's time in ottawa to clean house get rid of sing get rid of trudeau get rid of polyev mm-hmm. just need a whole new uh, and I was speaking to an expert about this, and and he brought up a point that I hadn't really thought of. That it's really obvious, but I hadn't thought of it. But the the pressure of that job, mm-hmm. and that he's been doing it for ten years, and he could he could or will be doing it for ten years. He could step away and walk into his speaker tour, mm-hmm. uh, be on the board of directors of several international foundations and chairman of this and that and be this world citizen and and walk into his millionaire status just like that. And I'm wondering, because I've heard Sophie say back then that we agreed on this. We agreed that this was going to be our thing and, we, and it was going to be a tough life and we were going to apply ourselves. I don't know why they split up, but I got to think just the sheer pressure of that job and all of that had to weigh on a relationship 
Mm-hmm. Uh, which and back to the point is when you have a when you have a moment where you can actually be with your kid and go to a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Leave it alone, man. That well, you know, when you talk about it, I, I've I've often mentioned you look at what uh, Obama looked like at the beginning of his presidency and eight years later (laughs) like this gray-haired older man of course it it has a lot of pressure to that gig and it's you know even in you know even in canada but uh anyway freddie what were you gonna say well and what's added to it again is the social media nastiness or pressure that's involved there you know there's so many people on the right side here in canada the poliev fans or whoever that so want him to be gay it would so play into everything <laughs> yeah. they've said or wanted him to be. Well, now, it may have been like that 20, 25 years ago, but you had no vehicle to go that way. Now, you can hate Trudeau and so want him to be gay so you can just, you know, pulverize him. Now you can just run downstairs and get behind your computer and start something up. Yeah. And and that's the, that's the tragedy of... Of where we're at yeah. uh, with technology. When, when, whenever I, I, I do the talk shows and the guy, the anti-Trudeau mob stands up, I'm like, if you're going to start with F. Trudeau, mm-hmm. that is not the beginning of a political conversation. Right. If, if you want to, you know, start talking about Canada should be this or the policies or he didn't do this mm-hmm. or then then fine, let's have that discussion. But when you just start with F. Trudeau and you're that guy in London or whatever it was throwing gravel at him, well, that's just not political discourse. Yeah, you know, and the thing is, no. I, not only do they, I thought where I thought you were going, Freddie, is another conversation we've had in the show from time to time is these people, they, to me, they just look like MAGA wannabes. Well, they just look like they so want this to be America and they're, they <laughs> see what's going on in the States and they just want to be like them, you know, in, in, a, in, in a lot of very, very unsavory ways, which is this sort of MAGA anti everything. They wear MAGA hats and fly yeah. Confederate flags yeah. Yeah. in Canada. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> no, you're from you're from no, Sudbury. No, I know. <laughs> it's like right. it. And again, that thing in Belleville a few weeks ago, again, flying the Trump flags and, you know, when Trudeau was there, it's like, what? Let me ask you this, uh, Larry. Uh, I think it was 2012, maybe 2008. I forget that John Edwards guy. He was going to run for the the Democrats, you know, to be president. Then they find out he, he had a kid out of wedlock. It destroyed him. Yeah. Now we have a guy, Donald Trump, who is a convicted, convicted rapist. And it doesn't seem to matter at all. What has happened in those short few years? He's got, and this is the thing I was talking about this with somebody yesterday. I can almost understand, I can fathom perhaps 2015, 2016, Trump coming on, drain the swamp. I'm not a politician. I'm a businessman. I'm going to get business done, make America great again, which I know is a dog whistle. But I I just like, you could almost see that, see that okay, okay. But now four years later, given, you know, four indictments, 78 uh, charges, uh, 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 convicted on on uh, like he's a rapist, he's a misogynist, he's a he's a crook, he's a spy, he's may possibly colluded with foreign, on and on and on, and it's working to his advantage. Yeah. I wish I could explain it. I don't get it. It's mm-hmm. the most bizarre thing because now four years hence, when you go here, we have virtual proof of of much of this. And I don't know innocent until proven guilty and yada yada. Mm-hmm. You have all this, and it's still your guy. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Not only is it so, there's so it's multi later. It's not four years. It's now seven years. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and you're right. There was sort of a a quality as he came down the escalator 
of celebrity and we didn't really know Donald Trump. I mean, we thought we did, but we do now. So what I find the, the the multi layers to it are not just his, you know, base supporters, the foundation of the MAGA movement. But I watch some, you know, we Freddie and I, we went, we all do. We watch these clips every day of people on television, uh, Fox and the and the right media. The fact that they are in so invested, that's what the part that I find, I guess, most annoying is that they know the truth, and yet they're so invested in not you know, not speaking to it that I find that very curious. Mm-hmm. And even, um, I don't think you guys are big fans of CNN. I have my criticisms as well, but I will, I will have news on while I'm working for two to three hours a day. I watch way more news than a lot of people. I absorb at least a lot more of it. Not that it makes me any smarter of it or anything. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, mm-hmm. and, and CNN, and, and I remember CNN when it was still, um, was it Zucker basically said that it's he's ratings for us too. And, and oh, they, absolutely. No, oh, for they, sure. Even though they are pretty much an anti-Trump channel, uh, they give him it. They give him the airtime. They absolutely. Give him the, uh, and, and he just feeds on it. Yeah, but, but, but what, what's happened with CNN now? It's wafted into you have to report that this guy running for president now has been indicted. How do you not talk about that? You know what I mean? Because I get it. I, yeah. And I get it. During his presidency, sometimes, you know, they'd go, you know, out of their way to talk about Trump because it was good for ratings. But it was I don't really need to know about this. But now this is different. You know, I saw, there was a saying I heard on the weekend. I read it somewhere and I and I thought, you know, and it was to describe where we're at with Trump. You can sway a thousand men by appealing to their prejudices quicker than you can convince one man by logic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's that. And that's the deal with Trump. It's like that. That has been his key. That that's why why he is where he's at. Well, that that, what you said about, by the way, making America great again or make America great again. It was Ronald Reagan. Again, it's not it's not something that Trump uh, invented, but that dog whistle, what you just said, Fred, is is so true that what he gave rise to those people in Charlottesville, uh, you know, the that he, he when he said there were good people on both sides, he basically gave them a, a, an opportunity to where we're at with people on social media being so vile and so not just angry, but but in, in such a reprehensible way that we've never seen before. Yeah, and, get- I, I was just going to say, in this conversation, again, has dr- drifted into Trump. But let's not forget, it started with Trudeau. And what we really have to be worried about as a byproduct is that attitude here. Yeah, the way it's taking hold here. And it, it, that's so disturbing to me, to you, to it should be to all of us. It is. And I've heard even uh, some American experts talking to Canadian channels saying it's on its way. It's 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 here to an extent. But, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's on its way. And the the other thing I heard, Fred, was that uh, people watch news not to um, uh, affirm, but to confirm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, Larry, and when you say about CNN, I, listen, I, I am a fan of CNN only from the standpoint that they will. They yes, they maybe could be more critical of Biden because, you know, that's a whole other thing. But at least they're reporting on the facts of the case. They're not I as agree. biased. And, and I'm listen, I'm guilty when I put on CNN. I've got serious in my car. I'm putting it on right now because I want to hear what they have to say about Trump. It, uh, it, we, and, and for sure, I'm going there for those ratings. Uh, but let's listen. There's more to talk about with Larry Fred. Uh, 
That's his name is Larry Fedorik, not Larry Fred. So Larry Fred, <laughs> uh, there's been a lot of stuff. I, I want to get to. Uh, there's a couple things very interesting, and I'm not, maybe we won't get to the movie this time, but I do want to get a quick update. I want to talk about UFOs because there was a Senate hearing a couple weeks ago that kind of got ignored. Uh, I'm a big UFO fan. I'm actually I believe more in, in UFOs than I do in religion. I believe that would be the end if if we could confirm UFOs, and that might be the end of religion itself. But what is your take on it, young man? That's and that was the the inspiration for my podcast, UFOs, because one thing they were trying to change the and I guess in militarily and in, in, in politics they've changed it to UAPs, which is uh, uh, unidentified anomalous phenomena. Okay. I've also heard unexplained aerial phenomena. So, they, but I think the one they decided on was unidentified anom- uh, anomalous phenomena. Okay. Because, uh, and the reason there, I think, is UFOs started to get a, uh, a the crazy vibe. You know. Yeah. Uh, UFOs were oh uh, uh, you you believe in those things you see this in the middle of the night what's wrong with you kind of thing. So I think they're they're trying to switch that over just you know lingo but anyway the i i saw the hearing and i was like yeah i'm exactly there of all the the things that are otherworldly that we tend to move towards one of them being a magic sky man and and religion and another one being uh um you know ghosts and spirits in the afterlife which sure. is possibly tied into religion or uh, and and then of course aliens and and this is the most scientifically plausible is ufos i believe in the possibility i've never had an encounter i know people who have swear by it i don't know the credibility of it i don't care but when you see uh military f-18 pilots current yes. and former and they catch these things on the radar and you see them and you go like i'm of two thoughts this miracle of the of the big bang and i'm not getting too far away from this i'll try and tie it together but the big bang of how earth got created and some little sticky life cells managed to adhere and adhere together and grow and somehow over billions of years there's earth and humanity if it's so fantastic it's possible that it's a one-off but it's also possible that how could it happen just once it must have happened somewhere else there has to be some Mm -hmm. some other intelligent life out there and again it's life we tend to think of life as we know it and intelligence as we know it it could be on another level we don't understand and they have mastered this thing called interplanetary or even you know cosmos intergalaxy travel and we haven't well given the size of the universe i mean scientifically you'd have to think at some point there would be some other replication yeah. of uh, but the, the the video that i would always tell people if you don't believe it you think we're it's a bunch of crackpots it's called the tick the tic tac the tic tac video and it's basically right. a bunch of f18 pilots and these are sophisticated uh, machinery machines tracking what looks like a small tic tac. That's why they call it that. But it's an alien craft moving in a way that's otherworldly. Now that's listen. They're not. They're not. They have nothing. They're not invested. They're not some farmer in Utah who's talking about being probed. These are military level grade pilots, Freddie, no. and they're tracking this thing that is moving in a way that we don't, we don't have that ability here on Earth. One of the guys who testified at the hearing, and I got a couple of clips of him on my podcast. He's, he was one of the pilots, right? And, and described the the tic tac and how there's two planes, and he went down. 
to close to the ocean, about three, 4,000 feet, pretty low, to uh, get a better look at this, while the, the other plane stayed way high above him to kind of ca- capture both images, right, right, of him and the Tic Tac. And he's following this thing, and the thing, basically, I'm paraphrasing, but it takes off at a speed, like, just, it's gone. He's following it, he's tracking it at F-18 speed, then it just disappears, and within a couple of seconds, it's on his tail. And, like, it just freaked him out. Like, yeah. well, it was gone, and now it's behind me? Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, it's a fascinating, fascinating uh, video. And one of many, apparently. Yep. It's funny how you get drawn into this stuff on different levels, because I'm of the mind, you know, show me something more than a fuzzy tic-tac, and I might buy in a bit more. No, seriously. Yeah, no, like, I know what you mean. With, with technology nowadays, and pictures and cameras and everything, it's I need to see more. And I'm not discounting it. It's just I can't get drawn in until... I see a little more, uh, you know, and and I think another th- someone the way I think it's we're told like you know we could never travel to Pluto because our lifespan isn't long enough. Like you'd need more years than the average life to travel to a lot of these places, but we're led to believe that these people from other planets or other um, uh, galaxies have the ability to bang get here, no well, problem. I have I have two uh, that I've sort of half jokingly uh, offered as premises is one is maybe this is the only thing they're good at. Mm-hmm. Maybe. They, <laughs> yeah, they're very good they at this one thing. Yeah. Interplanetary travel, but they still have black and white TV. That's, that's right. They're, wa- they're watching that's reruns right. of Lucy, but they that's can it. get and here. They got, they got three flavors of ice cream. That's, and that's right. it. But man, can mm-hmm. we that Baskin other- Robbins is only like three flavors. That's it. Forget <laughs> 32. And the other premise is that how do we know that this is their. We always assume that this is some other civilization's military or or space exploration trying to find out what the hell is happening on Earth. It could be it could be in their universe. It could be like a Toyota. Everybody has one. Right. These are these are a bunch of fast and furious kids. Their GPS directed them to the Milky Way by accident, mm-hmm. and uh, no. they just happened. To be here. <laughs> yeah, I thought what you were no, going to say a is good point. Or, or maybe a third version is maybe this is just like uh, one of those places on the highway you stop on the way to some place. Earth is just like a uh, what are those things fucking called? The um, the Rest stations? No, rest the, stops? but rest stops. the rest stops. But they, they're, there's a name for them. Anyway, uh, speaking mm-hmm. of age, though, you know, the, the age span of people uh, not being able to space travel, uh, Larry says that uh, this year, more Canadians are turning 60, 60 than yeah. any other age. Explain. Isn't that a, isn't that a fascinating stat? Yes. I just heard a friend of mine was doing some uh, initiatives uh, around this thing where they were gathering uh, basically people. Uh, I think they had one in Hamilton, maybe one in Toronto somewhere where they had people who were turning 60 this year gather to say, hey, we're young and vibrant and all that kind of stuff, which is okay. That's fine. Yeah. I, I think we've all seen that number here in this in this group of people. And and uh, even I've seen it uh, turn 60 a few times. So uh, <laughs> the, the – uh, but so I heard the stat from her and I was like, well, let's explore this. And it, it is true. It's about five hundred and forty five hundred thousand. What is it? It's a half a million people. Mm-hmm. OK. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's more people turning 60 than any other age, which kind of there's a couple of things there. One is, of course, we talk about the aging population. We don't do anything about it. We talk about it. Uh, and the other thing is baby boomers. If you look it up, it's for, 1946 to 1964. 
uh, basically is the baby boom generation. So we are there or pretty much there where every boomer is now a senior citizen. Yes. And I have no qualms about the terms uh, senior and and old person. There's uh, Kurt Browning on those ads for reverse mortgages. Now, he says, uh, if you're mm-hmm. 55 or better, he doesn't say older. Anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was like, everybody's trying to change the language. And the language we use is like we have to battle aging. This is anti-aging cream and anti-aging medicine. It's it, and uh, yeah. why don't we just ask what's wrong with aging? Why do we battle ageism? And not mm-hmm. aging. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all trying to battle aging. And I get it. We all want to feel young and live a long and healthy life. But, man, what's wrong with aging? It's It beats the alternative. And uh, let's just go with it. Yeah, because when aging stops, you know, that's not the greatest. Exactly. Yeah, and, you can't, and you can't do anything about it. But another spin on this is we're heading for a crisis. Because, Larry, I think you're around my age, right? 67 or so? Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm 63. I'll tell you, man. And again, I may be delusional here. When I was a kid, guys our age died. Nearly weren't nearly (laughs) in as good a shape as we are. Seriously? Oh no, not even. I look at my stable of friends in their 60s, and I'm thinking, you know, generally they're going to be around for a long time. And again, as you say, more people turning 60. How is this going to be supported? Like. It's yeah. got to be because it because there are health concerns. There's reduced yeah. income. A lot of things. A lot of things come with sixty, and that we mm-hmm. don't seem to be prepared for. Right. And I I kind of look into that a bit. And the other thing, um, and, and that you're right. Despite our increased stress, which is a huge killer, and mm-hmm. and the way we eat, which is generally horrible, somehow the average lifespan in Canada is eighty one, which is it used to be you know, 71 or whatever it was. And, yeah. and we do live longer in developed nations. It's despite ourselves almost. Yeah. Well, what and, you said and, about our parents, I uh, sorry to jump on this because I remember, you know, I, I had this conversation recently with a guy who is actually turning 60. He's a guy I played golf with on the weekend, strangely enough. And uh, it's not, we don't look like what our dads did at our age. You know, they, right. they just definitely not our grandfathers. Well, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, my grandfather's exactly <laughs> just like these, these, these Eastern European with nicotine stained fingers putting giant lumps of sugar in their tea. But uh, <laughs> but but our but our parents were not as vibrant. They didn't have access to whatever it is. Uh, not being fat is a big one. Uh, but you're right that the problem is. Well, I mean, the Sherpa has talked about this or one of our, or our good friends and sponsors about how we will potentially Canadians will outlive their retirement money. Mm-hmm. Because when they thought of retirement, Freedom 55 meant, you, you know, retire at 55, die at 70, see ya. Mm-hmm. Not hanging around till 83, 4, 5, and 6, you know, living in your, par- your, your children's uh, Canadian tire shed. And as Larry just said, that's going to expand soon. Soon that will be 87. And soon after that, it will be 90. And that's a problem. My, my mom retired when she was around 62, 63, and she lived to 93. And I mean, I, I don't think she perceived that her retirement was going to be another half lifetime. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, before I, I, go ahead. Well, just before we retire you from this okay. segment, because uh, uh, Dan's coming up here in a couple of minutes with the news. So last time you were here, you were telling us about this experience that you were in a play, uh, in a movie, and, and uh, everyone go back and listen to it. It was a, week, a month ago, and this movie uh, got was started. What's the name of the movie? The movie's called. It's got a long title, but the short title is called Start Stop, which is the name of the band that the movie is about. It's a mockumentary about a punk band. 
And so the movie has now been going around the festival circuit and uh, take it from there. So uh, they've been trying to get this into a festival. They, uh, the friends of mine who cast me in this movie, I don't know why, but it worked out. And uh, they, they finally got into the Brighton Rocks Film Festival in Brighton, England in uh, June. I think the last time I was on, I was talking about it. And, and uh, the, the guys who are producer and director and co-writers of the film won Best Screenplay at Brighton Rocks. So it was super cool that they they actually the story and I'd never seen the movie. So what they did in Brighton, the local TV station gave the Brighton Rocks Film Festival uh, 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 a night. And okay, this is your night. You can host it. You can show the movies, the shorts, the docs, everything that was at your festival. And they did that, and they had a live link uh, watch on their TV channel. So I actually sat down and watched the movie on TV. Wow, completely unedited because there's a lot of language and situations, and and just it was fr- it was freaky. I'm watching myself in a movie on TV. Wow, was, uh, I, I guess so what, what did you think? Yeah, accomplished what did you, what, that all the time. What did you think? How did you feel? I thought I was the weak link. I, I just. <laughs> uh, That's natural. But but uh, the movie itself, I'd never seen a full cut of it. And uh, I just thought it was a brilliant movie. I hope it uh, it's, it's so funny. It's uh, my friend who's co-wrote it and produced it is also in it. He's the star. He's an actor. It really is what he does. Well, filmmaker, actor. And he's so funny. At it. He's the lead of the of the punk band. And uh, the premise is of the punk band, they've got all the footage from it from the 70s. So all the footage from the 70s is shot like Super 8, Mm -hmm. shaky camera stuff, you know. So well cut, so well put together. um, Just fantastic. So if it ever comes around or whatever, I'll be I'll be flagging it on my side. Yeah, you let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so speaking fun. of uh, Larry's, uh, his, his real job is the host of Later That Same Life, the award-winning or potentially award-winning podcast. Everything he does turns to awards. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, by the way, just, just a stupid question. How long is the movie? Is it a full-length movie? Uh, yeah, it's, I think it's about 70, 80 minutes. Yeah. Cool. Um, and Larry's uh, podcast, uh, it's about everything. It's about life, Later That Same Life. And uh, Larry is gracious enough to come hang out with us once a, once a month. We Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. I think my next podcast should be about uh, Little River Band versus Air Supply. Yeah, very good. Uh, the big split in society. I appreciate it, man. Uh, we started off this program with a whole like uh, 20 minutes on the Little River fucking band. Uh, dude, it was great speaking okay, with man. you. All the best. Thank you, my friend. You See as well. Larry. Love you guys, Fred. I love you guys. Right on, man. Hey, man, let's uh, talk about this uh, fine group of folks. Yeah, let's uh, talk about Bodog and, you know, what's going on right now. Probably the biggest sporting event, uh, again, taking place right now is the Women's World Cup of Soccer uh, down under and uh, in New Zealand. Uh, the United States eliminated. Is there something wrong with you when you're glad the United Oh, my God. Did you read that? glad... Pardon me? Are you glad? Well, no. He's oh, okay. Sorry, but there's a, a tweet from Trump, basically saying, you know, that they, the the reason that they lost is because the country is in ruins. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought it, yeah, because uh, they lost um, in penalty kicks or something, and it just barely went over the line. Whatever. 
because uh, after Canada was eliminated, um, I'm thinking, oh, the Americans, the Americans, because we've gone through some incidents with them through the World Cup and World Championships that, you know, were a little bit shady. But anyway, the Americans are gone. As we sit, England now the favorite at plus 250, Spain plus 300, and Japan at plus 450. These numbers from Bodog, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment uh, from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Bet on anything. Go to Bodog. Uh, hang on a second. I'm just messaging uh, the uh, waiting room here. Uh, we got our guest coming up. Hey, Dan. Are you... Yeah. Uh, what's, uh, hi, how are you? Uh, hey, I'm good. Thanks for asking. You know. Good. I see you to turn your mic down or Fred turn yours up because it's way out of balance here, fellas. All right. Dan, just turn yours down a little, little bit. bit of that. Yeah. And, How's and that? Just don't do the really close big time thing because it's... Okay, I'll do it over here. Well, no, not that. So, how about this? Uh, Stretch Lab Toronto, I've been talking about them, and uh, it's time for you to check it out. There's not one reason people find themselves at Stretch Lab. Some, uh, some clients are looking to improve their sports performance. Some are looking to decrease joint pain. And other people just want a great stretch. If you haven't had one, it's time to try it out. For all those reasons, including increasing your range of motion and flexibility. And uh, I've been uh, going pretty regularly, but I tell you, when I, I haven't been going the last 10 days, and uh, I need to go back. Reduce muscle and joint pain is one of the reasons I do. And now you can, too, for just $59 for a 50-minute stretch and an assessment. Get assessed, get stretched, and feel better. Stretchlab.com. Uh, what I was going to say, Daniel, uh, what is your schedule like? Because we could get to, uh, well, maybe we should do the news and, and then well, we'll no, get... do, do your do your client. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I've got great stuff coming up. So there's sex well, tapes. Oh, my God. Well, then... and, uh, and, you know, uh, a long uh, eel-like monster. Okay, so you want to do you want to hang around? Or you want to go and come back? It's up to you. I'll go and come back. Okay, I'll go get a coffee and listen to you guys on my phone. It's okay, do that. Thank you. Okay, all right. All right. Let me just get uh, this dude in here. Fred, have you got the uh, stuff in front of you? Yeah. Uh huh. So why don't we uh, all just do uh, the introduction and then you uh, start mm-hmm. read the first question? Right, right, right on. All right, let me uh, get our guest settled here. There we go. Just uh, want to get that Grant Grant Murray. I want to make sure before we start this officially, Grant. I want to make sure I don't screw up your name. How do you pronounce? How do you pronounce your last name? Just Moore. Grant Moore. All right. I, but, you're, but your whole life, people have wrecked it because it's M O U R R E. So people have said what Murray Mauer. It's it, yeah. It's actually a French name, but uh, Moore. Yeah, but it's uh, just plain Moore. Well, fantastic. You're going to, you know what? This part will, most podcasts would edit out this part, not us. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let me, uh, get me, let me get some actual music here for you as we introduce. Uh, uh, demand for electric vehicles is booming. Listen, we've got a client on our program, evnet.ca, and we're talking about electric vehicles all the time. And with 40 to 50 kilograms of the silver base metals in every EV battery, I did not know that. Demand for nickel is just as strong. Just 400 kilometers north of the city sits one of the most prolific nickel mining regions in the world. 
You know what I'm talking about, Sudbury. Home to both home to both the Big Nickel and headquarters of our next guest, Grant Moore. Not Murray. Grant Moore, uh, CEO, Chief Executive Officer of SPC Nickel. SPC Nickel is exploring for nickel at its West Graham property, which includes Fred, an historic resource and a past producing mine too. Grant, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, guys. Good to see you, Guy. Uh, a little perspective on this first, Grant. Uh, we're hearing that nickel is uh, the commodity of the future. And I was surprised by this. We need it to decarbonize. So uh, that's very, very interesting, of course, because that's all we hear about is carbon footprints and carbon going forward. Is this true? Like, is it that critical? Yeah, you know what? It, it all it revolves around the transition from gasoline diesel vehicles to electric vehicles. And, you know, everyone that's probably listening has heard governments around the world talking about uh, making that transition. A lot of governments, uh, countries have put, you know, uh, dates in place, and in, in Canada being one of them, that says by, you know, 20, mm-hmm. 2035, all the vehicles that will be produced in Canada and including, you know, the United States will be electric or hybrid vehicles. And if that's going to happen, which I think we're moving in that direction, um, that's going to be a big shift on the commodities and metals that are used to make those vehicles. And, you know, really there's kind of the government's talking a lot about critical metals. Well, these are the metals that are going to be going into these batteries and these electric vehicles and nickel, um, cobalt, lithium, graphite, and copper are the commodities that are used for other things on a, on a daily basis. But with the increase of shifting towards all these electric vehicles, the demand for those metals in particular is going to, is you know, mm-hmm. pretty significant. Very cool. I mean, it's, again, it's part of a lot of people's conversations about moving towards EVs in general. You know, I was thinking about, you know, I've never been to Sudbury, but of course it's world famous for nickel. They've been mining, uh, you guys have been mining nickel there for over a hundred years. Don't we have enough already? What's, I mean, what sort of numbers <laughs> are we talking about when it comes to how much nickel we actually need? Well, you know, there is a lot of nickel. There's a lot of nickel throughout the whole planet. The challenge is you have to find it in concentrations that make it economic to extract it out of the ground. Okay. Uh, and that's the big challenge. And, you know, for so for to put things in the context, if you look at North America as a whole, um, I think they produced around 14 million cars and trucks last year uh, between Canada and the U.S. And if we think, say, by 2035, all those are going to be electric uh, each one of those cars or truck uses around 40 kilograms of nickel in the batteries. Wow. So you just do simple math there, and that's like 500 million kgs of nickel are going to be required just for the batteries if all those vehicles were to be electric. And right now, North America produces about 200 million. Wow. So we're a long ways away from the amount that we need. And that doesn't even take into account that, you know, right now more than 60% of nickel actually goes into stainless steel. So to build 
buildings and apartment buildings and bridges and so on and so forth. And that's not going to change. So it's kind of like a double whammy that sure. you're going to need, uh, a, you know, an order of magnitude more mm-hmm. coming from somewhere. Dude, why are we even talking now? Why aren't you all getting some nickel? <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, we are. <laughs> and that commodity, I mean, Canada Rich with it, your company, SPC Nickel, exploring near Sudbury, which... I think we've all grown up knowing that nickel and Sudbury go hand in hand. I mean, they have the big nickel there. It's exactly. still there, I, I believe, although I don't know if it's made of nickel. Um, why is that area still so valuable and so big and um, part of our heritage? Yeah, Sudbury, you know, Sudbury is probably the largest mining camp in North America. Um, it was nickel was first discovered in like 1880 so they've been producing nickel for almost 150 years uh during that time you know just some general stats during that time i think they've produced you know 1.8 billion tons of metal uh contained within the basin that's you know worth over 300 billion dollars at today's metal price so it's it's a very unique deposit and if you went around the world and looked at nickel deposits, most of them are pretty small. Sudbury is unique in the fact that it's so large. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the largest nickel project, uh, camp in North America and, um, and, and one of, if not the largest in the world. And next to, there's one in Russia, but, you know, people aren't liking things in Russia um, right now. But, Canada is kind of at the top. And again, I told you, I've never been to Sudbury, but I'm, and I'm from Western Canada, but I've been in this province for half my life. And of course, you, yeah, everyone knows, as Fred said, you associate Sudbury with nickel. But you're not right in Sudbury. Or that camp you're talking about is actually outside of the city. How do you, is there good roads and you have access to power? How does it work? Well, actually, the city is on the edge. Uh, I mean, for example, when I look out my window right now, I see the head frame of a mine. And so the mines are basically right on the edge of the city. Okay. And they extend in around in a, in a big kind of oval-shaped body. And, uh, you know, the, the Trans-Canada Highway goes right across the edge of the Sudbury Basin, it's called. Wow. And there's mines along it. So infrastructure is, I mean, that's what makes Sudbury unique. One of the challenges with, with building a new mine anywhere in Canada is infrastructure. You know, is there a road? Is there power? Um, and here you've got everything within, you know, a half an hour drive. And uh, you have something called the West Graham deposit, which includes a past producing mine. I mean, that allows you to cut some corners, does it not? Expediate things? Yeah, well, certainly. I mean, one of the biggest challenges with exploration in general is just making that first discovery. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of companies will spend years uh, trying to find the, the beginning spot to start. Mm-hmm. And we've been fortunate to, to acquire a property in Sudbury that already has a deposit and was a past producer. So we've kind of made the big jump to closer to the finish line than we are at the start of the line. Mm-hmm. So it gives us a huge advantage. Uh, being in Sudbury, being that that's a proven area, is also another massive advantage that uh, most companies of our size don't have. Well, and so almost from a, an, an historic resource uh, standpoint, why why is that so important? I guess you've just explained it, that 
having having a resource already there, you, you eliminate all that ramp up time. I'm assuming you've already answered that question. Yeah, I mean, we have the properties that we have have what's called historic resources. So that means someone uh, did the work in the past and you have to publish a report on it. And that but that report isn't good for uh, in perpetuity. It has to be upgraded uh, from time to time. So it is considered a historic resource. And all this is done to protect the investor the okay. guy looking to put some money into something can know that this there's some level of confidence that what the what I'm saying is correct. Sure. You can you can download the report and read it and they match. And that's uh, that's why this is all done. But certainly having a historic resource, which simply requires some additional work to convert to a, a modern uh, compliant resource is, uh, you know, that's that's a huge advantage and mm-hmm. that eliminates, you know, years of work for a company. And as you say, it makes it more attractive for investors. Exactly. Yeah. Well, because you're, it, you know, you're still looking at a junior company that's, you know, all junior companies, it's a high risk, you know, mm-hmm. uh, market, but you're not betting on them making a discovery. You're bet you already know that they have something right. there. And that is, uh, you know, that attracts a different group of investors. Uh, and it, to me, it gives us a big advantage. Uh, a layman question, technical question, serious. What does nickel look like when it comes out of the ground? Is, is it like actually silver? Like just looks like a nickel, but just not in that shape. Does it have beavers on it already? <laughs> no. I wish it was that easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like a lot of the metals that are used in, you know, uh, the, the products that we use on a daily basis, they a lot of them look the same. They're, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of a, sh- a shiny kind of brownish silvery metal. Um, you know, the nice thing about nickel is when, once you've kind of put some time into it and you, you have your eye into it, you can, you can have a pretty good idea if you've got something right away. And mm-hmm. whereas other commodities, maybe such as gold is a good example where you're not necessarily sure, unless you can see a big chunk of gold, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. never necessarily sure how good it is until you get the results back. Right. Uh, whereas with um, nickel, you, you know, you look at your sample, you look at the drill core that we do. And if it's nice and shiny, that's usually a good thing. And that's probably what keeps us uh, keeps us moving forward and gets me excited every time we we have new stuff coming back in. So speaking of, as we finish up here, speaking of moving forward, uh, the company is SPC Nickel, and uh, it's fascinating. You know, again, I you know, growing up, uh, you know, around here, you can't help but you know be curious about what's going on in Sudbury in terms of the uh, the amount of nickel that comes out of the ground. What else do you want us to know about your company? Well, I would say. You know, number one is that we're actively exploring right now, and we are working towards having a updated resource uh, within, you know, probably two to three months is our target, and I think that'll be really a, a, a critical first step for us, uh, and that sets the stage for the coming, you know, two, three, four years after that. Grant Moore, uh, CEO of SP. Pardon me. You nailed it. Because I, I see it now. You know, I can see why people would screw it up, but I got it. SC, the CEO of SPC Nickel, SPC Trades on the Toronto Ventures Exchange under the symbol SPC 
And uh, listen, it was great meeting you. I hope uh, we get yeah, a chance to talk to you on. again. I hope that wasn't too weird for you. I mean, you know, we're not, you know, we are professional broadcasters, but we are not professional nickel people. We are now, though. <laughs> Thanks, Grant. <laughs> Have a good day. Hey, Grant, you thank too. you very much. There's Grant Moore. Yes, thanks. Have you ever been to Sudbury, Fred? Uh, no. No, I'm embarrassed, Howard. I, you know, I've been many places on Earth, but I have not really uh, explored my own province. So, yeah. Grant, four, hour, four hours up the road. They do. No, I know. I know. Yeah. Hey, Grant. It's just so you know, if we come up, can we hang with you? Uh, the other thing, don't answer that. Sure. The other thing is behind you. I see three briefcases. I just got to ask you about those. Like. Is that the C- is that the SBC codes? What's in there? <laughs> well, I, I wish I could tell you there was something impressive in there, but they're they're full of rocks. Okay. Oh really? <laughs> as geologists, that's what we do. We just of carry rocks around with right. us. Well, listen, man, it was great meeting you. Just let yourself out of the uh, Zoom room. Take care, and we'll hopefully uh, talk right. to you again soon. Bye. I just Stay thought calm. that was like a big giant briefcases filled with cash. I think you can relate to this. Um, how old I am. I remember back uh, when I was a little lad there in Scarborough, I could ask my dad or my mom for a nickel. A nickel. Oh, yeah. And go down to the variety store and get a bag of candy that might last a good part of the day. Can you imagine that? That would be I, well, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, they used to call it penny candy for a reason, because exactly. you get a bunch of it for a penny. Yeah. Over at the... Uh, well, we had a name for the local, you know candy store but I, I can't say it anymore oh okay yeah, we used was, to say hey man I'm going to the variety you want to come yeah. Well, yeah. ours was a, a a certain races a races people not racist it was I guess it was racist um, anyway uh, before Dan Duran's news uh, da, 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 is there anything else we need to do are you uh, all caught up or are we uh, no, why, 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 don't we say, why don't we save it for after Dan because we just had a okay. uh, Dan Duran is back hello Daniel Hey. Now you know everything about nickel. I do. I had a nickel every time. Ah, very <laughs> good. Put another nickel in, in the Nickelodeon. Remember that's a little ditty? No. I do, actually. That's a little I do. for me. No. Really? Well, yeah, because it's on. from the 1940s. <laughs> Put another He's... nickel in, in the Nickelodeon. Plus, when I was a kid up at uh, Lovesick Lake in the little store there, they used to have pinball machines, and they were a nickel. That's it. Throw a nickel in it. Put another nickel in, in the Nickelodeon. Jesus, Dan, I don't, I can't believe a man of your age doesn't know the (laughs) music of Teresa Brewer. Yes, she is once again. Put another nickel in, in the Nickelodeon. All right. Everyone talked like this, and Fred and I went to school. All that time, the horse went on the other side of the fence when I went to school. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I don't have an answer to your question. All right. Dandaran. I... The fact that you don't know this, I find that odd, considering that yeah. you, you were, you're you know. older than Howard. You're, you're, older, than, you're older than everybody. Yeah, boy. Oh, man. Uh, anyway, why don't we get to Dan Duran's news? We may have another visit. Uh, you know, we haven't been here for a couple of weeks, so we've got all backed up. 
Thanks for another Don, visit. Oh, yeah. Just, uh, you know, and it's never ending here. Dan, you know what? The, uh, this, this program is uh, it's a business, too, you know, my friend. Yeah, okay. you know, I got it. Yeah, here we so. go. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dandoran, the anchorman comes As has for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Dandoran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang, so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low His voice is nice and low And uh, live from uh, Bruno Gerussi's uh, son's porch uh, We think We're not a hundred percent sure. No, that's not exactly correct, uh, but whatever. Here is movie anchor Dan Durant. This just in from reporter intern Fred Patterson. This summer, there is a big search on for the Loch Ness Monster. Mm. The biggest lucky look for the snaky snake since 1972, when the Loch Ness Investigation Bureau, or better known as the LNIB, study the loch. And you, too, are invited to join the search in the weekend of August 26th as you could go out and look into the dark waters for a shadowy water thing that people have been talking about for, believe this, 1,500 years this, uh, this legend has been going on. You know how, wow. you know the, how deep uh, the Loch Ness is at its deepest point? No. no. It's 744 feet or 227 wow. meters deep. Wow. wow. A lot of, a lot of water there, eh? That mm-hmm. is deep. That is deep. Good um, places. I was, places to hide. I was. Uh, we should. We, well, we should talk about it tomorrow. The how fascinating it was to be at your lake, which in places is not very deep at all, and uh, how exciting it was for the hour we watched a houseboat try and get off. Uh, <laughs> right. Get off the rocks. It was cool. Yeah, yeah we left the rocks. Yeah. That's tomorrow's show. That's tomorrow's yeah, show. That's tomorrow's show. Yeah. You know the the Loch Ness thing. I I sort of look at it like UFOs. It's like you know, give me something or I don't care. This has got to be some kind of a joke because yeah. they've been talking about it for fifteen hundred years, and the thing probably is dead by now. I mean, unless it well, whatever you know, it was, some half alligator yeah. thing. But I, you know, back to the UFOs, like you said, well, you know, yeah. show me. Listen, when military grade pilots are tracking something that's moving at the speed of light, isn't that enough proof for you? Um, yeah, yeah, listen, I'm not rejecting. I'm just saying until I get drawn in more, I need to see more. That's all. But someone like you, I can totally understand how it means more to you than it does to me. But you have more interest in that kind of thing. It's just, you know, show me a green guy with bug dyes and I'll, I'll buy in. But why do they? Okay, okay. So until somebody what? comes up uh, over at Stricker's there and says, hello, Fred. Yeah. Bend over, Fred. Bend over. When are we having snacks? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, in this day and age of high-quality phones with the cameras and everything else, if there actually was uh, any visitation, We'd know about it with us. So there's too many people on the planet with too many with too much access to all. This is where I'm coming from. But I'm not discounting it because that would be ridiculous. First of all, Dan, that's ridiculous that we're we're not talking about people visiting the actual Earth. But if there's so much alien craft sighting, 
that you've got to admit that that's more plausible than a guy in the sky who grants all your wishes so you get to go to heaven. I mean, that's got to be... I, tell me you but believe... So, so aliens are just doing flybys of the planet and wait, uh, wait, so, stepping so, out in all our... But, but, you're, but you're willing to believe that if you pray, put your hands together, that you'll so get all so your... what about it? Yeah, you'll, what no, about it? That you'll get all your wishes will come true. Howard, we were yes. um, um, correspondent. Darren supplied us with a Jesus song. Remember? Do you still? Oh, do you have access? I don't, I don't, you know what? I don't have access That's tomorrow to right show, now. Tomorrow's tomorrow's show. show. Okay. Tomorrow's anyway, okay. show. Okay. Back, back no. to the Loch Ness monster. By no, the way. no. And I just want to, um, with the, um, we're led to believe, are we not, that somewhere in Arizona in a vault, there's some alien bodies or something? It's gone that far, has it not? I'm sorry. I'm trying to find the uh, Jesus song. No, I listen. All I'm saying is I think there's more proof of alien life than there is of the magic man in the sky or the sky. I'm not that's all argue. I'm saying. I'm not going to argue oh, that. That's yeah. a different. Uh, that's a different. Uh, no, it's comparison. not. It's the same. It's the exact same thing. Not it's the same you thing, and your no. little innocent sweethearts are God. Come yeah, on. Exactly. Totally, totally different things. No, they're not. All right. Anyway, so back to the Loch Ness. Tell me. Tell me how. There. Yeah. <laughs> No, they're not. They're exactly the same thing. One is a bunch of people <laughs> believing in a fantasy nonsense, and the other is science. Okay. okay. Anyway, this time the drones, they've got drones. No one's they seeing anything thermal, in the Loch Ness. Thermal There's no images Loch Ness of the lake. Monster. Uh, be flown over the water, and they got a hydrophone yeah. that they're going to dunk in you know, into the depths to see if they can hear anything. So Sounds like go. an excuse for a party to me. Yeah. And listen, after 1,500 years, nobody has seen it. There's no pictures. There's a grainy black well, and white thing. There's a picture. Mm-hmm. There's a picture from the 30s. Or yeah. Oh, yeah. There's also a picture of white Jesus. So <laughs> is no, that not, not the same thing? No, just, no, I believe. I'll tell you what. I believe there was a Loch Ness monster more than a guy walked on earth, walked on water and fed a bunch of people with his sandwiches. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh. Do you have anything else? Because, by the way, no, we don't have another guest today, Fred. Okay. All right. Um, Dan, do you have any other? Hold on a second. Yeah, if you do. Yeah, we, all right. We got through all of that without yeah, any, any, any jokes. Any other nonsense? Oh, that's that's right. We could have done Loch Ness Monster dick jokes. Well, maybe totally. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a miss. We missed one. Uh, I'll tell you what. Before we, before we get to Dan's uh, second story, uh, Frederick, why don't you... Um, why don't you uh, put another nickel in, my friend? Yeah, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one plan for uh, group benefits for small business. It can be done if you have a small business. Go to chamberplan.ca today, press on the badge or click the badge, get a free quote. Find out what it will cost your small business to be part of this, just like Humble and Fred did oh so many years ago. And it's worked well for us from prescriptions, dental, travel insurance, different therapies. They have an HR department now and really leaning into mental health because it's become such a thing. Well, it was before COVID, but you know, since COVID, a lot of people have struggled with their mental health and uh, the Chambers plan has been all over that to their credit. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. Well, you know, I realized that Dan didn't know that song, you know, because of his advanced age. But of course, here's a now here's a song from when Dan was in high school in the 1920s. It's Bing Crosby. They used to tell me <laughs> I was building a dream, yeah. and so I followed the mob. Do you know this song, Dan? No. When there was earth okay, let me get to the chorus. 
standing in line for bread. This is from the Great Depression. It's Brother, Can You Spare a Dime? Oh, here we go. What? I built a railroad. I made it run. Made it rain. This is why they called it the Great Depression, because there's nothing more depressing than this fucking song. What are dimes made of? Just metal, you think? That's a great question. We should have asked him that. Um, this program also brought to you by Palma Pasta. I guess we'll be doing our email show uh, because we're only doing a couple days, but we got lots of emails. And uh, by the way, I've got to go back and listen to the last email show when we gave away the Palma Pasta gift certificate because for the life of me I can't remember who we gave it to I didn't write it down so I'll go back and I'll make that uh, do you, did you write it down or do you remember who it was no there was a little thank you note sent to that was from the first one Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Right. Uh, over 38 years of delivering quality Italian food from fresh pasta to sauces and prepared take-home entrees. Palma Pasta, four locations, one in Oakville, three in Mississauga, featuring their signature store, Palma's Kitchen. Palma Pasta, Italian tradition, simply delicious. And uh, Anthony was so great because one of the first, uh, one of the things that Juliet and I did was we went to Palma, Palma's kitchen because we wanted to get some things. I wanted to make her dinner. And uh, she was quite uh, taken with uh, Anthony because he's a sweet guy. And the mm-hmm. fact that she's fluent in Italian. Mm. And uh, he and her spoke Italian, uh, which made her feel very comfortable. And uh, then right. she was surprised by two, a couple things that surprised her was how many people were Italian in Toronto. And how many people we ran into that also spoke Spanish? Well, diversity is uh, a huge part of this uh, this area, this uh, city. It Don't is. What about that? It is not. Diversity is not part of this program. <laughs> we, um, although there is a, there is diversity in thought. For instance, some of us believe in the fantasy sky muppet. <laughs> oh, Dan. You know, when you get to heaven, you can say, you know, God, can you smite Howard for all the horrible things he's said about you? Do smite it, him. Do it. Come on, God. <laughs> smite Come on, him. God. Do your smiting. There hasn't been enough smiting lately. Come on, God. Come on, God. Don't smiting. be a prick. <laughs> if there was Come a God, on. shouldn't there be more smiting? Come on. Dan, American uh, smiting. Dan, why don't you get on your... When, when you go to bed tonight, put your hands together yeah. in prayer and ask God to smite me. Yeah. Uh, and now with... Or, or don't, you know, maybe, you know, mm. put in hey, a good hey, word. Uh, by the way, uh, Cub Reporter uh, Patterson, have you got, are you ready? Are you ready for your big moment here? What's that? Reread your five texted you a couple of, uh, you're going to, you're going to be a part of the show. Really? Okay. Doesn't sound enthusiastic. Just, well, because we don't know well, what you're talking know. about. I didn't know. I didn't know that here. Well, I thought, I'd, you know, I've, I texted listen, you an hour ago. I've so. sent, I've sent you st- stories over the years. I've never been a Cub Reporter and asked to be part of the news. Is that because I'm a Jewish? No, that's because Dear you're... Dear God, uh, please smite Howard for being Jewish. That's no. because I'm what? No, it's because you have, you know, you're not on the Apple system, so I can't text you from my computer. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Uh, now, I, with I his, uh, okay. now with his second yeah. story. <clears throat> and uh, here's Dan Duran. As you may know, sleazeball Rudy Giuliani is part of the Trump tribe that is facing a sexual lawsuit. And there are tapes. Oh, yeah. According to new transcripts filed in uh, New York Supreme Court, Noel Dumphy, she's suing for $10 million. His 
filing a 70-page complaint chock full of graphic allegations and text messages, and she alleged uh, Giuliani forced her to have oral sex and intercourse with him in sexist, raises, drunken, and anti-Semitic marks on him. It normally happens. You'd expect around the, you know, that gurgly guy. Are you anyway, having a stroke? Um, no, I'm just trying to move, you know, because it's all boring kind of. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you were stroking out there. <laughs> Thanks for checking in. Well, I do. Um, it's one of the signs sorry. when people start to. Okay, I'll and, slow down. No, then. anyway, uh, let's get to the point. Uh, she also revealed that she recorded some of their uh, interactions. Now, we don't have the actual recording. So now we go to Dan Duran News reporter intern Fred Patterson to read transcripts labeled, well, Exhibit 14. This is what Rudy said. Come here, big tits. Come here, big tits. Your tits belong to me. Give them to me. I want to claim my tits. I want to claim my tits. I want to claim my tits. These are my tits. The, these breasts belong to me. Nobody else can come near these, okay? I don't care if they're flirting or they give you business cards. These are mine. You got it? Understand. I'm very fucking possessive. I've gone easy on you. Ooh. Yeah. Remember, this is, uh, when I first read that a few days ago, I'm like, remember when this guy was America's mayor after 9-11? Jesus fucking Christ. He was the guy. He was the man. And now he's fucking. I, not, by the way, this, that, that, uh, those tapes, that was only just a short time ago, was it not, Dan? Yeah, it was just revealed a short time ago. Yeah. No, I meant. And, and, it was, and also, the, uh, the, uh, t- uh, those are a legal document. That's filed oh yeah i saw it it's not like uh you know like hey somebody's saying something it's it's uh you know under perjury or whatever right yeah well anyway, in the latest I, indictment he's uh number one right unnamed but yeah once they get through trump he'll have his ass in, uh, oh, yeah. in jail too mm-hmm. yeah somebody's gonna turn on him uh like i don't we don't get into the indictment like i, I was thinking today that we haven't done a sh- we've done a show in in like one indictment ago, <laughs> like it's like it's now yeah it's now a period of time. How, how long have you guys been off? One indictment, uh, a week, in, a week in indictment. But uh, yeah, that uh, transcript of Rudy talking about this woman's breasts—it's pretty. What I meant down was like, yes, it just was revealed recently, but it happened not that long ago. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. In well, even look at that yeah. that uh, scene from the Borat movie. That yeah. was that was. Uh, that was, uh, you know, true and recent. Fuck. And, you know, that thing to uh, memory held that press conference that day about, you know, the uh, stolen election. Yeah. At the Four Seasons. He thought they went there thinking it was the Four Seasons Hotel. Yeah. And why they went and, and they went ahead with it at some <laughs> no, aggregate no. company called Four Seasons. Yes. Like in a seedy part of what Philadelphia or whatever, or wherever it was. <clears throat> But that was something else. And there was just a banner there, Four Seasons uh, Stone and Gravel. (laughs) Just something else, man. Um, Do you have more to do? I know, Dan, before we say goodbye, do you? Are you? Okay, well, then let me... Let me get something here for you. By the way, she worked for uh, for Giuliani from 2019 to 2021. Yeah, and that's what I was referring to. This this was only... He he was a... He was like a man in his 70s when he was doing that. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, where do you get the energy? Oh, fuck. Like, know. you know what I mean? And not consider the fallout and on and on and on. Well, it shows you what. A- well, it just shows you that when you're powerful, how mm-hmm. um, you figure none of that is going to apply to you. 
Speaking of powerful, these people have been supporting us now. We appreciate their business. Yes. Architect, a full-service turnkey building partner for their clients. That means they help create design right down to an exacting level of detail, what you want. They make sure it gets built to your exact specification, your backyard. Hey, it's your backyard. It's got to be done your way and done right. Makes it simpler for clients because uh, Architect uh, will source the materials, make sure it meets building codes, uh, prepare the construction plans, apply for permits, which can be tedious, and uh, they manage the job site. Working with Architect ensures that you get what you want and that it's done right, and that's what you need. Uh, 647-775-9222, that's the phone number, or just go to Architect.com. And uh, thanks to uh, Larry Fedoric. Uh, it was great having Larry on. Grant uh, Moore from uh, the Nickel Company. want to make sure I get his name right because that would be bad. Grant Moore from SPC Nickel. Dan, have you ever been to uh, Sudbury in all your travels? Yes, I have uh, quite recently, actually. A girlfriend, Lisa's son, was performing there in Elf. That's right. And so, so uh, explored the area a little bit. Didn't go to the mines. Saw them kind of from a distance. Okay. Is the big nickel still there when you drive it? Yeah, uh, I don't, yeah, it's it's still kicking around. Hmm. It's a, like it's like a a big, it's almost like a um, billboard or something, but it's a nickel, right, or something, uh, something. Well, like it's that. a big nickel. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say billboard. Um, it's an actual nickel-looking thing. You know. Right. So, is Sudbury a depressed-looking place, or is Sudbury like a vibrant little Ontario town? Or looks city? like a, when I was there, it looked like a vibrant little town. Good. In, win, in winter, yeah. Mm. Walk by the. Uh, what is it? Is it four hours from here? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Well, we should do. Maybe we should talk to the people, of the Sudbury Chamber of Commerce, and go up to Sudbury and do the Humble and Fred show from Sudbury. Why not? They could be a client. Humble and Fred brought to you by Sudbury. Sudbury. Mm-hmm. Tourism Sudbury. Yeah. Well, why can't Dan, when you're finished fixing Bruno Gerosi's kid's house, <laughs> do uh, figure it out. Get that right. shit going, man. Yeah. All right. Uh huh. Well, that's good. <sighs> is that it for the show then? We're wrapping it up, or is there? I think I think we should wrap it up. Yeah, it's been that a lot of show. That should be a lot of show. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Arcadec Outdoor Living, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. We read all of our emails, and we've got that email show coming up with a Palma Pasta prize, Humble and Fred, at HumbleandFredRadio.com. So tell us what you think. Liking, subscribing helps us out. Please do that. Also, writing review does, so uh, we'd appreciate that. Say something about us. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, if you want a cool change, or a lady, or if you're a lonesome loser, or spend some time reminiscing, the Little River Band wants you to enjoy every goddamn day. Where's that?